everybody, this is Joe the Widget Wilson for my entry in the host journal for June 16th, 2012. And I was out driving today, and I have a job where I basically have to... I'm a, I'm a traveling technician. I go from house to house repairing PCs and home networks. That's, that's what I do for a living outside of my other job, which takes more time, and which is podcasting. <laughs> Um, so one of my regular clients, we'll call him Mr. Ball. He is a 76-year-old gentleman who lives in his senior home out in Buffalo, New York. It's a nice senior home, and him and his wife live there together. And they often, I, I am often called out to his house to assist him in something he messed up. Um, what it got me thinking today was when I was out there, is that it's how people and society treats their seniors, their elders. And I know for one, I grew up with extremely healthy respect for my elders. In particular, my, my grandpa Sandy. Um, he died about eight years ago and was probably one of the most influential people in my life. I, I can't tell you how many times I would go to my grandmother's house for the weekend and I would spend the like eight hours just sitting down in the living room talking to my grandpa Sandy about his life and the wisdom he had to share. And I did this all the time. I was the only grandson of his who would go with him to senior hall so he could show me off. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget those moments. He was just so proud. And the, the wisdom that he was able to share and the knowledge that he had was phenomenal. I mean, he was telling me about how he was the first person in his family to drive a car. And he did it when he was 12 years old on a Model T. Uh, he was old when he died. He was nearly 90. And it got me thinking about, well, how the society works. I mean, you look at the fact that some societies have it where the grand, the elderly stay with the family until the day they die, and they are considered the elders of the family or the head of the household until the day they die or until they can no longer take care of themselves. There's other societies who treat their elders in a completely different manner, and if they're too old to contribute to society, they are sent off to die, um, which to me is like a, is, is 100% waste. I have such high respect for the seniors, the elderly, that you wouldn't believe it. I mean, walking through the senior home, I made a point to stop and say hi to every single senior that was in the halls, out and about, you know, on their way back from the restaurant that's in the senior home, saying hi, just talking to them a little bit. And I did this to probably 12 people just going down the hallway to see Mr. Ball. And while I was working on Mr. Ball's computer, I, I was engaged in a conversation with him for a good two, three and a half hours. And he's just a, a fantastic guy. And yeah, the errors in his computer were completely his fault, which is <laughs> to be expected. But I, I sat there and taught him what he did wrong. And, and in return, he told me about finances, about how to control my finances better, things he learned over the many years and when banking didn't have computers and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, great guy, great gentleman. I think I have more respect for my elderly clients than I have for my clients around my age. There's just so much to teach from them. And, and, and what really struck me as, and in, in this society, the, the society that we're in now, in the United States, for instance, and some other countries as well, most the majority of the time when our elderly get too old where they can no longer take care of themselves or they need extra help or they're just tired instead of taking care of them ourselves we send them off to a home 
we send them off to the last place they're ever going to live. And I was walking out of that home, I couldn't help but thinking, how many people have died here alone? <clears throat> it was just a, a humbling thought. It's like I was thinking how I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I wouldn't want to be shipped off to a home from my two kids, you know? I have a 12-year-old son and a, a, a 9-year-old daughter, 10-year-old daughter, soon, that and I was thinking about them when I'm a, a senior and I'm having issues taking care of myself because of my age. Are they going to ship me off to a home? Or are they going to take care of me? And am I going to be able to share my wisdom with my kids? Back to my grandpa Sandy. The life lessons I learned from him shaped my life. How I lead it, how I do everything. And one of the key things that he taught me was to try everything at least once. And he said not just food, but everything. Work experiences never be afraid always go for it always try it the worst you're going to get is rejection and everyone and no one has died from rejection unless they purposely kill themselves which is in that person that case they're idiots that's exactly as you would say it if they uh you know they die from rejection they deserved it because they killed themselves my grandpa sandy was a great man and i i've lived true to that lesson and i i, I think i've especially like in, in for instance, the simplest thing like as, as food, I've sampled everything from chicken's feet to, you know, fried octopus to everything I can think of. And it, it's, it broadens my horizon when it comes to that kind of thing. It broadens my horizon to culture. I have done probably more jobs in my 33 years than the majority of people have done in their entire lifetime. I always wanted to try something new. I always wanted to learn what was my calling. What was what did my talents lead me to? And I've done anything from being a casino manager, where I was actually the marketing director of a casino, a California car casino, to a banker for a casino where I was responsible for betting the entire. I played blackjack for eight hours a day, to being a graphic designer for an architect firm, to being a game designer for three different game companies to being a manager at a pizza parlor, to being a lawn care manager at a dog at, at a, uh, a dog pound facility, to stuff I can't talk about legally from the government, to being a martial arts teacher, a master martial artist. I fought in the world championships. I was scared to death to fight in the world championships, but what's, what stuck through my mind the entire time is if my grandpa Sandy could see me doing this, how proud would he be of this moment that I went for it. I tried it. And that's what would matter. It didn't matter if I lost my first match. He would have been proud because I tried it. And that kind of thing will always, always be my memory of that man. And I will always hold true. That was his legacy. His wisdom and his knowledge was his legacy. I think that holds true to every senior. And if you take the time to just stop and and listen to what they have to say, what they, what they have to offer you, it could be a life changing experience it could help you or it could simply be a courtesy to them making them feel that they have given something and when it comes down to it no matter how much money or or possessions you own what really makes up you is your experiences your memories what you've learned from and then that's what's the most viable thing any 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 senior can give you is their knowledge because they've been through it they experienced it let them teach you. In short, it's like, I mean, I could talk on about my grandpa Sandy quite a bit. I don't want to bore everybody, but it was just, 
a heavy thought in my mind is like, okay, how does how does that portray to my life? How when I'm a senior, what do I have to offer? What am I gonna give? What is my legacy gonna be? I think about everything that I've done, everything that I've been through, and I'm happy. I'm happy with the legacy I am building, and I think my my grandfather would be very proud of his grandson, and especially the fact if he knew that most of the things that were an influence in my life were basis of those eight-hour conversations we'd have in his living room over some iced tea, and the majority of the time, I, all I did was listen. That's all you have to do is just listen. There's so much you can learn from people. There is no such thing as a bad person. In my mind, there, everybody has good. I don't care if you're a mass murderer or serial killer. There's, there's good somewhere. I'm not going to get into the death penalty theory and all that kind of crap. That's not even go near that right now. But everyone has something good to teach you. And sometimes even the younger people have uh, learned something that you haven't yet and can save you a heartache or a headache, as it were. But I feel that of everything that... I think my grandpa Sandy was completely correct in the fact that I've lived my life basically just going for it, trying it. I'm, I've always been a very, very creative person. I mean, I spent my childhood, unlike most kids who went out and did sports and goofed off outside with their friends, I would lock myself in my room. I had a cartoon, an actual comic that was published in three local newspapers from the age of 12 to 16 called Down Under. It was based off of fish, and it ran for that long, and I made money as a kid that way. But it wasn't just the money aspect of it I was worried about. It was me getting that creative outlet. And then I was locked myself in my room for eight hours playing Legos. That was my big passion growing up. Oh, I love Legos. I had so many Legos you couldn't... I had bins upon bins. I had duffel bags full of basic blocks of Legos. If I dumped them all out, my bedroom floor would be three inches thick of Legos. The entire floor. And it would take me another two hours just to clean it up. <laughs> Which drove my mom insane. So I, I've placed what my grandfather said. Is that he always said that, Joe, you're a very creative, very passionate person. And one day, you're going to be the one to make something of yourself. And he said, always try, like I said before, always try something new. But make sure you never forget the creative side of who you are. Because that's what makes you. And that's what I've done. The majority of my jobs have been based on that. I mean, other things I've done, of course, like, my mil- my uh, government-based work was not creative, <laughs> but my design work for the architecture firm, for Sony, online entertainment, for Black Ops Entertainment, for Activision, for other companies that I just can't even remember right now. I mean, they can see, you know, I did design work for them. Martial arts was another creative avenue for me, because once you get to a certain point in martial arts, you get to, you get to be creative with your attacks, your structure, because martial arts is just that. It's an art form. I didn't do martial arts for to fight, because in reality, martial arts is an art form. That's what it is, and that's how you have to approach martial arts. Um, when you go to basic classes like Taekwondo Flunk, or, or sorry, Taekwondo Don't, and American Kempo, that's all they, 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 they structure is, well, this is self-defense, and we do offer self-defense classes. To me, and to a lot of martial artists, that's not a martial art. The martial art has its roots in history. It has its roots in its elders. In the knowledge they passed down from generation to generation to generation, the, the style I study, Go Ryu, was an Okinawan family form. 
that was passed down for generation, generation, generation that had its influences mixed in ninjutsu and Muay Thai. That happened later on in the generation, but it, it focuses more on the art and practitioner of martial arts. And like I told my students all the time, is that you are studying an art form. Self-defense is a pleasant side effect of that art form. A better improvement of your overall life is a pleasant side effect of the art form. You have a better temper, you have a better control of yourself, your emotion, who you are. And again, that's another thing that really influenced my life. My mom and dad hated martial arts. So I paid my own way through martial arts. I snuck to classes. I say I go to my cousin's house, I snuck off the classes. Um <laughs> my grandfather paid for my classes under the table behind my parents' back for years. As he said that was another creative art form that would influence my life and he was right it did it it changed my life I'm a master martial artist I'm a fifth dan I've been studying I studied for 24 years now that I'm retired I can look back at it and I still see that every aspect of my life everything I do still has that influence in it and will always be that way for me I'll never stop learning from it and I could go on all day and all day and all day about this but my whole point is in serious seriousness is just listen to your elders listen to the seniors see what they have to say you could be surprised how much you could learn from it and then most importantly your grandparents they're your they're your family legacy that's where your family legacy comes from so listen I'd like to thank everybody for listening to me rant on and on about elderlies and screwy things about my life and i just like to say that you can find you can email us about any of our host journals at questgamingnetwork.gmail.com and drop us a line just tell us what you want to think your life experiences are based on whatever a host may say when your whatever your favorite host might have said and you relate to it or you want to comment about it just send in your emails and who knows we might bring it up during one of our journals um so that's at questgamingnetwork@gmail.com and you can find this show and all of our shows at quest at questgamingnetwork.com right, thanks everybody for listening this has been a quest gaming network production and i just want to say until next time.